PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Craig Bowlerjack scheduled to join us here in a moment. Lloyd trying to track down Bowler at as many numbers. Justin Zanuck, Utah Jazz general manager, will join us at 9.45. Right at the end of the show, PK. You sharpening well, the pencil, coming up with some uh, questions for Jay-Z, your guy. Uh, yes, I am. But I tell you, if we don't get Bowler Jack now, you know what I'm going to do? I'll probably break down and cry. Aye, aye. Oh, man. Just that, that alone on that was worth was the excellence of this young and, um, young and upcoming producer, Lloyd Cole. <laughs> Giants homer Lloyd Cole sitting in this morning for Yak. We've never had better timing. <laughs> I haven't recovered from that. Are you... You know the sentiment is too, man. That cut me all the way to my soul. If we don't get him, you know what's going to happen? As much as you do. (laughs) That was brutal. Oh, come on. Even by your standards. I mean, there's that. that How much worse can that sound? That Springsteen. I I hope not at all. I fear. Axl Rose is not exactly Nat King Cole here. (laughs) Fact. (laughs) Agreed. Is that one of the three tenors or Michael here's, Blue Blay? Here's phrases you've never heard. The smooth sounds of Axl Rose are on your way. <laughs> yes. Uh, this is Cool Jazz 97.5. Not these classic trained singer like a Michael Blue Blay who has a beautiful voice or something like that. Come on. <laughs> oh, man. Everybody, I want to know right now. Sounded like Everybody, seven. did you not enjoy that little? No. Oh, yes, they did. No, that was like 17 cats fighting. You just and wanted the, them to go away. But the timing, man, we nailed it. <laughs> okay, I'll give you the timing. <laughs> timing is everything. But you know the old math quiz, and, you, and there's like 10 questions, you know, oh, we're doing a quiz. Getting one right, that's not enough, PK. You got to get seven out of ten. Everybody's driving to work or taking it easy as we begin this holiday. They felt better having heard it. I, I, I defy anybody. Get on our app and tell me, did you like it or not like it? And I bet you overwhelmingly they would say like it. You can tweet at DJ, whatever, DJ James, whatever it is, and I'm going to tell you they loved it. It was Perfect timing. It was beautiful. I thread the needle on that little sliver of opening, and boom, we ended up with a dunk. (laughs) That Stockton baseball pass from 93 feet. (laughs) One-handed off the dribble dribble. to Malone in the NBA Finals. Yes, yes, (laughs) yes, exactly. Uh, and then John Stockton a, threw the greatest pass I've ever seen. Who it said takes that? a lot of athletic ability to do that. I mean, you're not just standing there. You're on the run, and, and you do it one-handed. That's what that was when I just put that right there before Axel Rose. Absolutely. And if we don't hear from these guys, we'll probably break down and cry. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So there you go. I'm excited for this dumb game tonight. <laughs> I'm not even calling it a game. It's a scrimmage, and at 6 o'clock, my butt's in the chair watching the TV. <laughs> it's a game. I'll take it. It's going to be out there. I mean, I don't think you have guys dying to compete, but 
and they probably shouldn't under the circumstances because you got um, more important stuff down the road. But I think they're going to be jacked to play. They're going to be jacked to be out there. This is what they do, man. And plus, they got taken away from you. All you know, of that, yeah, I think all of that motivates you. But I think for for uh, two, three, four guys on the roster, it's probably a little more than that because you know this is a chance to have a bigger role, and 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 everybody wants that. And you know, Joe said it when he's on yesterday. It's not great to have it come at the expense of a teammate getting hurt, you know. But at the same time. How many opportunities are you going to get? If you get one, you have to seize it, regardless of the conditions. And maybe it's a trade, and maybe it's somebody playing poorly, and maybe it's somebody getting hurt, maybe it's something else. But when you get the opportunity, you got to seize it. And there's probably a plan or two already in place, but everybody knows if someone doesn't execute, Quinn's going to go to the next option. You know, it's, uh, it's pro sports, and you can have all the warm fuzzies you want, but at the end of the day, if you don't win, you're going to end up being in trouble. You know, and some people have more rope to work with than others and more credibility than others, but you got to win. So I think for two, three, four guys, you know, they, they could carve out a bigger role, you know, and, and you, want that from a prof- you want that from a professional standpoint. You want that from the paycheck standpoint. Uh, you want that just from the personal pride, and you're here to be the best basketball player you can be. So I think there's several guys, and we pretty much – you know, put the spotlight on all of them, who can pick up some of Bogdanovich's role. Yeah, I don't think, though, it's going to be any surprise. I think guys that are already proven commodities are going to get more of an opportunity. I don't think it's going to be some of these younger guys who haven't played virtually at all. I, I don't see it. I see it coming from the vets, not the younger guys. And so uh, Royce O'Neal. Yep. To me, Royce O'Neal is a veteran guy. He's all, he's got his contract. He's in the league. He's not going anywhere. No. Uh, but it's still he, a bigger role. It's but he's already got a significant role. He That's does. my point. He does. So I don't think it's going to be somebody at the end of the bench all of a sudden is going to find himself playing twenty minutes a game where he hasn't been playing at all, and it's going to come from the other. The only one who is who's had his minutes sort of up and down is Moutier. Everybody else, they're going to get maybe more minutes, more right. opportunities. Niang, maybe. Uh, Niang, to an extent, yes. I'll give you Niang, not completely, because I view him as in the rotation. But to me, if I'm looking for someone, if I'm just going to put it on one, and obviously it's not going to just be exclusively one, but the guy who can have the biggest opportunity to succeed beyond what he's been succeeding at it screams to me it's Royce O'Neal. I can buy that. I think Conley's in that pool, obviously. We've talked about that. I think uh, Royce O'Neal, George Niang, and Moutier. Joe, Joe could be in that, but we always talk about that with Joe, and Joe's going to be Joe. Is he really going to change the way he plays? No. Yeah, that's what I Never. think. So Never. I don't really want to... And maybe if he says that this is what the team really needs, maybe we'll look and you know, maybe we'll look back and and think, wow, in Orlando, Joe well, shot seven threes a game. But I don't think that's going to happen. No, I think he has the opportunity to be more of a playmaker. Uh, I, I think that if Joe has the ball in his hands, what, however, to whatever extent Joe has the ball and is doing stuff, that's what he's going to produce. 
So if he's going to be a decoy, he's not going to produce as much. But if he's going to come around the left side, and we've seen it a million times, he's coming down that side, and he's got options to shoot, to pass, to lob, throw in a corner, whatever it might be. We're, we, we know Joe's game through and through. We've seen it now for six years. There's no more surprises. And if he has that opportunity, he'll do what he can do. And he will do it. There's no doubt in my mind. Uh, Conley, I can't view him as taking on – I can view him as taking on a larger role. Yeah. But I can't view that as here's your chance to make your my, your no. mark, Mike. I mean, you're too old for that. <laughs> yeah. His, his, career is largely, his career is largely written. O'Neal has made his mark to a good degree, but he still has more to give. Conley has more to give, too. We, I, I get that. But it's not we, – we already know what more he can give. I don't think we necessarily know. How good can Royce O'Neal be? Can he be a really, really good player in this league? I think the possibility and potential answer is yes. 27 and getting another break and another opportunity. Yes. Yeah, and he's already established himself. He's here to stay. So it's not like there should be pressure. Oh, man, this is my chance. i got to seize it. Like if some of those other guys had it uh, down the end of the bench. That's not who he is. But he can give you way more, I think. And it's not like it's a knock on him. For When we say Conley can give you way more, well, we're saying that he hasn't given us enough. With O'Neal, it's a different set of circumstances. When I say he can give us more or give the team more, it's because, well, he's been more of a role player and he's succeeded very well at his role. Well, now you're going to expand his role. That's the exciting part. His Niang, I don't really necessarily see where Niang's role is going to be expanded. He's going to, if he gets more minutes, he's still going, he can give you more if he gets more minutes. But O'Neal, with, even if his minutes aren't extended, he could still give you more because I think he has that ability, but it hasn't been required of him to this date. So his role in the three years with the Jazz, he started four games his first year, 16 his second, 55 this year. Uh, his. Uh, Three-point shooting. He was averaging about a sh- three-pointer and a half per game his first year to two, now to 3.3. So uh, the shots have gone from four to, f- well, basically the same the first two, 4.1, 4.2, and then 5.0. So, you know, is there a role for him to be a bigger scorer? Yes, because absolutely, see, the, yes. The thing with Bogdanovich, remember the game when he had 35 points, zero rebounds, and zero assists? And everybody got on him, and, you know, Joe was hilarious. And then Bogdanovich had a couple assists the next game, and in his post game, I he cussed him out in Serbian. He made a big deal of it and got a big laugh. And I don't even know if he speaks Serbian. But basically, he's, I mean, it's oversimplification, but basically, minutes and shots, you know, those are what's up for grabs. He wasn't grabbing that many rebounds. He wasn't taking the toughest defensive oh, assignment. Yeah, right. right. So what's up for grabs here is minutes. And shots. And so, I mean, it's an oversimplification, but that's basically what it is. And I think O'Neal can take those shots. Yes. If he gets some more minutes, so be it. But even with them, even what I'm saying, if he doesn't the minutes, get the he minutes, gets, right. he's still, I'm expecting him. What, what, how many threes has he taken this year? Uh, he was taking about 3.3 per game. I'm expecting that to double. That would be a lot. I'm ex- that's, but that's yeah. what I'm expecting. 
and I'm expecting him to have success, not just shoot it to shoot it, but shoot it to make it. What's up for grabs uh, with um, with Bogdanovich is uh, his playing time. Let me check. Yeah, 33 minutes per game, and he was taking 14.8 shots, and almost exactly half of them were three-pointers. 20 points a game. So those shots, somebody else is going to take them. You know, I think the biggest percentage we're going to see in whatever they've been shooting FGAs now, taking these not not tonight, but the the eight games that count, and then the postseason. Right. I think the biggest increase is going to come from O'Neal. Even more than Conley. Because I think most people listening to this, I, I don't know that you're wrong, but I think most people listening to this think Conley's the guy who's going to get more opportunity. Now, you've got to build into this the fact that Conley was already getting more of an opportunity than O'Neal. Yeah, right. That's, that's, that's the very point that I was pausing on, and you just said it. You probably said it better than I would. But, yes, he, that's, that's my line of thinking there. Now, I hope for Conley... I hope he's done friggin' trying to fit in. <laughs> you know what I mean? I do know what you mean. Don't fit in anymore, Mike. Be yourself. Let's go take over. Have, we, do we, your we thing. Had, we had Pace on one time, and I thought it was very astute. He was talking about the development of Gordon Hayward. He's talking about what shots that Gordon Hayward needs to take. And Pace said, based on his years of experience, that... He, he highlighted a couple of shots that Gordon needed to take, and he said, you must take those shots. If the coach doesn't want you to take the shot, he'll take you out, and that's on the coach. But when you're in there and you got that particular shot, he's talking about each elbow, I think, and if those shots are there, you must take them. And then it's up to the coach. If he doesn't like it, he'll take you out. Well, for Mike, Mike, man, do what you can do. Do what you're capable, what you've proven over 10 years, what you can do in this league. And don't think twice. Don't think twice about trying to fit in. Just do it, Mike. And if you go back to that way of playing, the way you've played for so many years in Memphis, you'll have success. I think that he found that his last, I'd have to go back and look at it, but last 12 or 13 games before everything stopped. The numbers in those games were just way better. You know, and it's a combination of you're new and you're trying to fit in, like you say, and then he gets hurt, and then he's coming back, and you're, you're trying to get the conditioning, get back in the flow, and he finally found it. You know, he found the sweet spot, and he was playing far and away his best basketball, and then the whole thing stopped. So I think this is a question for Justin Zanuck. You know, is Conley, I don't think Conley has to come back and get better. I think Conley just has to come back and pick up where he was in those last 10, 12, 13 games, because if he does that, that was a high level. You know? But the thing is, Conley's averaging 12 shots a game. So when you look at the almost 15 a game, 14.7, 14.8, whatever, just say 15 a game for Bogdanovich, Conley's not going to suddenly start shooting 20 times a game. He's never done that in his career. You know, When you go back and say, be who you were in Memphis, in Memphis he's got a, a lot of years where he was shooting uh, 14 shots a game. Now, his, his last year in Memphis, as the roster started to change, he was shooting even more. He was shooting 16. That's his career high. You know? But even at 14 shots a game, that's only a couple more per game. When there's 15 up for grabs, that's why I think you're onto something with, uh, with Royce O'Neal. Right. 
But Niang is in the the game to shoot, and if he gets even five minutes, you know, maybe he gets more shots. Moutier, and and another guy we haven't mentioned here is, is there a bigger role for Clarkson? You know, because if he plays more minutes, he's going to put up more shots. You know, that is why he's there. I mean, that is why he's in the league. Not forget, not only why he's on the floor for the Jazz, that's why he's in the league. The guy, he can get himself open so quickly against so many defenders. You know, it's, it's not a one-night thing. I mean, it's just night after night. That teams know what's coming, and he still goes and gets his shots and gets his points. In lineups where he doesn't necessarily have a lot of guys to open the floor for him. You know, he's the focal point of the defense, and he still gets it done when he's out there with the second unit. I just don't know that Clarkson can give you more. Whereas I feel very, very strong that O'Neal can give you more. Well, you may well be right. I feel I Clarkson has given you a high level already. Asking him to give you more, I think that's a big ask. We're asking, if I'm asking anybody to give me more, and it's the smallest ask on this team with Bogdanovich out. I keep coming back to Royce. Clarkson pretty consistently takes one shot for every two minutes he's on the floor. Now he's playing 25 minutes a game, and that's a full-time-ish number. You know, the days of Stockton alone playing 38 minutes a night, there aren't that many guys doing that. You know, I, I, I think now the number's kind of 30 minutes. So 25 is not that far away. But if he gets six minutes... Six more minutes out of uh, Bogdanovich's time and positionless basketball. I know he's not exactly Bogdanovich's position, but as we go more towards positionless basketball, I just think that's less of a factor. So if he plays six more minutes, he's going to take three more shots. I don't necessarily know that it's going to be productive, though. It, just, it may not. You know, I, I, I'm not saying it won't be, but I just don't know, whereas I really feel strongly that the more I give O'Neal to a point, the more I'm going to get. All to be determined starting tonight with the scrimmage. Uh, although Quinn's, you know, Quinn, and Quinn said this in the bite we played in the 7 o'clock hour. You know, his hands are going to be tied here a little bit. Paraphrasing, he didn't say that. But it's 10-minute quarters. So he's losing eight minutes of a chance to experiment with this guy or that guy. But it'll play out over the scrimmages. We'll get an idea of what they're trying to do. Right. All right, DJ and PK, Craig Bullerjack, rescheduled into the next segment here. Uh, He's going to join us next. Justin Zanuck, Utah Jazz GM. A lot of these questions for Justin, you know, is Clarkson at 25 minutes a game? You know, will he wear down? He's not the biggest, most physical guy. You know, would he wear down if they played him 30 or 35 minutes? We'll talk with uh, Justin Zanuck coming up at 945. Stay with us. Basketball is back. The Zone Sports Network is keeping you up on all the latest news with the Utah Jazz in the NBA. This is a back-to-basketball update. Oh, he never looked at the net. Presented by Zions Bank. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. After four months off, the Jazz are back in action. They've got a scrimmage, first of three in Florida. They're playing the Suns tonight in Orlando, 6 o'clock. You can watch the game on AT&T Sportsnet. You can listen here on the Zone Sports Network. Exhibition play started yesterday with the Nuggets beating the Wizards 89-82. Denver Nuggets rookie Bull Bull impressed with 16 points, 10 rebounds, and 6 blocks. Also, the Clippers beat the Magic 99-90. You'll be surprised to learn that Lou Williams came back shooting and hitting. He had 22 points. 
Pelicans rookie Zion Williamson undergoing daily testing outside the bubble. He left for a family medical emergency. According to the team, he fully intends to rejoin the club. So long as he's tested daily, he'll be subject to a four-day quarantine when he gets back to Orlando. Pelicans beat the Nets without him 99-68. to Your back-to-basketball update is brought to you by Zion's Bank. Right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Now let's get this party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. David Locke, I know you talk to a lot of people about how these players are doing in the bubble. How are they holding up with some of the things that they have to do? Where are they as far as the enjoyment level they may be having? The word throughout the quarantine I got was that Rudy had really just gone to work. Like, I think out of embarrassment, maybe, you know, with everything that took place and, mm-hmm. and just being in the spotlight that he had just gone to work. You know, he's got a gym in his house. He's got people. Um, I think he self-quarantined after that whole thing, and then obviously he wasn't Maybe, you know, we don't know, but people thought he wasn't quite at risk to some others. And he went to work to hear word that he's been dominating. Um, the Jazz has done a lot of five-on-five good runs, from what I've heard. So a lot of really positive reports about the atmosphere, the environment, and the play of the Jazz so far. Hanson Scotting, weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Time to bring in Craig Bullerjack. He's brought to you in part by University of Utah. They take care of Utah like Utah takes care of each other. Bowler, good morning. DJ, PK, how are you two? Good. We're good. Are you nervous? Because I don't think you get nervous going on TV anymore. I think that stopped a long time ago. <laughs> I don't think you get nervous for NBA games. You probably did, you know, the first couple when you were placing Hot Rod. But now you've been doing it for years, so you don't. But now you're going to call it off a monitor. I'm wondering if Bowler's feeling a few butterflies. You know what? I gotta be. I'll be totally honest. I've had what my wife says is monkey brain when it just doesn't work. I just kind of get scattered around. You know, it's like whoa, whoa, you know. But <laughs> yeah, I gotta be honest. Uh, this is a new adventure. This, this is this is new, right? Did they I mean, have you? I, did they have you practice? Because they had me practice, and it's a good thing. Because although it sucked on the air, it sucked even <laughs> worse in the practice. So I minimized a little of the magnificent labors of suckitude that came calling it off a monitor with no crowd noise. I mean, I was like, I was like frozen. I was like, it was terrible. Dunson, Brian Dunson was looking at me, and Dunny was just like, oh boy. Oh, boy, long night. Oh, yeah, don't boy. Hold back. Wait, he'd called games off a monitor. You, you get a certain level of comfort with it, but at first it's really weird. Yeah, you know, we did not uh, practice. We have had multiple Zoom calls uh, where we've really kind of gone through the whole scenario. Uh, watched some of the Denver game last night, and that was kind of an odd setup where they just had the four announcers lined at the top on a Zoom call. We're not doing that. You're going to look at the game tonight just like if you're watching it on a regular broadcast. You're not going to see our faces except in an open, a halftime, and a post game. So we're going to try to call it 
uh, just like a regular season game. And uh, I think the league has done a great job of uh, informing us of what they're going to do with, you know, microphones under the floor and robo cams and all sorts of stuff. You know, I mean, that's I, I I'm more impressed with how the NBA approached this, guys. Uh, instead of just locking down a couple of cameras and and walking out, uh, they put a lot of ingenuity and, and maybe some new technology that will be used later when things return to quote norm. But I'm excited to see how it turns out. I mean, could it be rough? Yeah. Is it going to be a different, um, you know, uh, the first five minutes to me will just be like, uh, as you said, DJ, it just kind of comes at you in a whirlwind of how this looks, how it sounds, because I don't know. And, um, yeah, it's a scrimmage, but it's basketball. It's been four and a half months. And I'll be honest, I wasn't sure we'd ever get back to this point. So, Yes, I am excited, and I am. A, I got a little. Uh, I got a little. Yeah, you know, I got a little twinge. My mind's everywhere. It's spinning a little bit today and, and last night. So yeah, I'm ready to. I'm ready to go. So I think that you know your your the whole goal is to present a presentable product to the public as we watch the game, and you know that's what it's about. You're there to broadcast the game, and we want to see as normal as possible of what we've been used to you know and you're right with that zoom thing on the top that didn't look normal that looked different and i don't want that now i can handle it in the i keep calling it preseason but scrimmage games because they don't really count obviously but when we get to next week you know i want all the kinks ironed out and have everything to go and what you're saying here is that from my perspective, the consumer perspective at the other end of the television, when I watch it, aside from the no fans and the different arena, I get all that, but I should expect to see what I've usually been able to see when I turn on a jazz broadcast. Yeah, I I expect that, PK. I think you're going to see technology never seen before with – It'd be like Monday Night Football when it first introduced the first downline. I, I think you'll see tonight whether uh, they overlay by uh, by a computer uh, the Jazz logo uh, on the floor to make it look like it's a home game or give you a feel. They're also going to pipe in uh, noise and uh, anthems of of, of uh, audio that you'll recognize from each and everyone's home floor audio uh, in, in game production, as they call it. So uh, you saw some uh, fans that were dubbed in, so to speak, electronically. And, you know, I think our broadcasts will differ from others. The producers have ways that they want to try to present it. I got a lot of trust in Trav. Travis Henderson's been all over the world and been, you know, he's been my only producer since I started with the Jazz and uh, he's very talented and uh, Jeremy Bruner. Guys that people don't know that just get things done and we've had a lot of discussions. We'll have another one today and then I'll head to the arena. They don't want us there as early as we usually do. It's a 6 o'clock tip mountain time so uh, I usually I'm always there a couple of two and a half hours before a game. I, they don't want us there unless it's you know about an hour just for safety. So just getting into the arena will be exciting, right? And uh, going through that process. And I haven't been in I've been in the building one time, uh, one time since uh, that game against Toronto 
uh, on the 9th of March. So it's it's been a long time. I now know what my daily temperature is because I get it taken every time I come in the building. <laughs> yeah. It turns yeah, out that, that. that whole 97.8 thing, uh, 98.6, I guess 98.6 is the number. Lie. It's a lie. I'm much cooler than that. Cool. Are you cool? Yeah. I'm very, I'm, You're a cool dude. I'm, I'm about 97.2. Yeah. I run a little cool. I don't know. Sometimes, uh, it, you know, it jumps, but. Yeah, I'll probably be nervous and sweating like a dog, and they'll just look at me like, really? But, yeah, you, 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 you walk in with your mask, right? I go to an elevator upstairs. I don't, even, I don't think I'm going to see anybody except Thurl, who's going to be probably 12 feet away. Yep. And Matt Harpering's in Atlanta. He'll try to join us if the technology's correct uh, in some sort of a, uh, a Zoom call where he can analyze some key plays and – you know, and Chris and Kenny will be on the other side of the arena, and Locke will be exactly on the opposite side. So the the jumbotron, from what I understand, they're going to drop it uh, into about eye level for us, and then we'll, you know, we'll bark our calls from that. It's going to be what they call a clean feed, a world feed, and that gives us a chance to use one extra handheld camera to give fans a little bit more personalized jazz basketball and our graphics uh, will come out of the truck at the arena and that'll, that will give us also kind of that, that more jazz feel for the game but I'm going to learn along with you guys and jazz fans on how this all looks I'm sure some will be happy some won't like it but under the circumstances I'm just glad we get some basketball so, PK and I have been debating where will the F- Boyan's 15 shots a game, how will they be distributed? And you look at Mike Conley, because that's guy number one, right? And Conley is probably, uh, he's running about two shots per game below what he did most years in Memphis. Four shots below his career high, but that was a team that didn't have a lot of options. And this team still does have a lot of options. True, so I can true. see Conley getting two or three shots per game, but that leaves a lot of shots. And we were looking at Royce O'Neal. PK brought him up right away. Royce O'Neal is shooting a career-high five shots a game. It seems like he could get quite a few more. Not that Clarkson or Niang or Moutier, you know, there are multiple guys who could get him. Joe probably could, but he probably won't take him. So we were kind of settling on Royce O'Neal. What do you think? Well, Royce is a good choice. If Joe wears his headband, that may be an indicator that he's going to drop a couple more threes, right, or at least take a couple more. You know, from every indication I have from Orlando and a couple players I've talked to uh, privately, is I think there's going to be a little bit more up-tempo feel to this game uh, and see how that works. Uh, Defense, obviously, is still a key, but I think you'll see maybe Conley running the show with Donovan a little quicker, which means you can put up more shots to make up for the 20-plus points. It's hard to replace a 41% three-point shooter, but you know what? Here's a stat for you, and I'm I'm not locked, but I was just looking at Conley because I still think, as you said, DJ, a centerpiece of how the Jazz are going to do in these uh, seeding games and the playoffs. But prior to the the COVID shutdown, his last 13, uh, we were looking at this yesterday, he was playing maybe his best Mm -hmm. ball. He was almost 17 points a game, and his three-point shot was at 44% over a 13-game span. So I think he rolls in here confident. Uh, I think he felt lost when he first arrived, and that's not a knock. But look, 12 years with the same system, basically – uh, I think it was a little overwhelming. Uh, then the injury came, and then he had to work his way back. 
but I feel that Conley is much more suited for this offense now than he was uh, back in October, November, December. And here's the other thing: Donovan and Rudy. Uh, all indications are everything's good, but I'm just I'm, I'm anxious to have the, it answered for me tonight and everyone else. Just maybe the body language. Donovan says he wants to be a better passer, as he talked about in Orlando um, the last couple of weeks, and does that equate into more touches for Gobert? So, you know, there's another player that may get uh, a couple more touches uh, with Bogey out of the lineup as well. If he runs the floor with Donovan and Conley, I can see it happening. And Royce as well, and Joe. I think Jordan Clarkson's going to get his share as well. So as I look at this thing, there's a lot of things that come to my mind, and we all agree that Conley, before the thing shut down, was playing a lot better, but I don't know that he's going to play better than he was playing better, if that makes any sense. <laughs> sure, yeah. <laughs> so, better but it, or better, yeah. Right, but if he plays the better that was March versus October, November, we're all, we'll all take it. I And I understand Mitchell here as far as being a better passer. What I hope, though, that that doesn't enter his mind, oh, i got to get Rudy more. you got to uh-huh. get Rudy more if Rudy is there to get more. But my point is I don't want Mitchell to be second-guessing himself. Should I shoot? Should I pass? Am I hogging the ball too much? No, just go do what you do. And then I think Clarkson – He does what he does, and he does it so well that I'm hesitant to expect more out of him because he's already doing a lot. I want him to just do what he does, and if he does that, I'll be happy. And Joe is Joe, and you know what you're going to get. That's why I keep coming back to O'Neal because of all the guys that I see are able to give more, I think O'Neal has the most potential to give more, and it's not nece- it's not a knock on him by any stretch because he was asked to do a role, and he's done that role, and he's established himself. They gave him a new contract. He's going to be in the NBA for years to come. Well, now I think they go to him and they say, hey, Royce, this guy over here, Bogdanovich, is out. This is your time. This is really your time to show us what you can do offensively. So I expect when I look at it, when we get to whenever this season ends, look back of those eight games plus the postseason, I expect to sit, be able to say Royce O'Neal really took advantage of that opportunity the most out of anybody on the team. PK, it's a great, it's a great thought and breakdown, man. I mean, I'm, I, I'm looking at his numbers right now. 55 starts, not a guy that gets a lot of shots, but when he does, he's been very effective from about 40%, 39% from three. If you give him a two or three more attempts a game and he makes them, then his average jumps from six to 10 uh, or 11. And so I could see that happening too. You know, the thing you said about Gobert, I'm with you on Donovan. He still has to be fluid in his mind, right? I don't think you can think, you react. So if Rudy... I was thinking about this last night. If Gobert gets over, if he can can take the next step, and maybe this whole situation, PK, has done this for Gobert, is that okay? Uh, we know that you don't just you don't agree with all the calls uh, against you. So many times, Rudy's been late running back with Donovan on the offensive end, and so if he can get away from his uh, his, his two second gripe. To the officials and run with the offense. I think in the flow of the offense, PK, Donovan sees Rudy beating his man down the floor and maybe gets those passes that he has talked about more touches, I should say. So I'm looking at that tonight too, just to see 
the body language and the efforts that's put forth, especially if the Jazz decide to up the tempo a bit. Rudy has to be a key to that because he's got to run with this team. He can't lag behind, upset over a non-call. So all these things come into play. And, I, you know, we can talk and talk. I think we'll get a lot of good answers tonight. I know it's a scrimmage, uh, but it's the Phoenix Suns with Rubio. There's a little extra juice, I think, there because, uh, you know, Ricky's two years and the way he mentored Donovan. Um, the last time the Jazz saw the Suns, at home, Utah got knocked out by 20 on their home floor. So uh, I think this game has a little bit more than just a scrimmage attitude to it. Um, I think these guys have been are hungrier. I, I think they don't take this as a scrimmage. I think they look at this as, you know, reestablishing themselves and hopefully working on what we just talked about. Who gets shots? Who takes Bogdanovich's, uh, you know, attempts, points, and how they run this offense? So, again, um I think answers will come tonight. Some answers, not all, but at least it's three scrimmages before the seeding games. And I'm, I've been waiting a long time. I, I, I'll be honest, I didn't think we'd get here, but we are. And I'm excited to see how it all plays out. Jordan Clarkson is playing 25 minutes a game and, and taking a shot basically every other minute. And uh-huh. he's doing it mostly, not completely, but mostly with a second unit where teams know what's coming. Jordan's going to get the ball and he's going to shoot it and he's going to score it. And they can't stop him. So there's probably a thought, well, he could pick up some scoring for Bogdanovich. And there's probably some truth to that. I'm wondering if he gets to 30, 32, 33 minutes a game, does he start to wear down? He's not the biggest guy and he plays with a lot of energy. Is that sustainable for him? Or do you think he's his best player if they keep him in that 25, 26 minute range? Well, I've talked to him, and he would tell you that he'd play all night. Yeah, if, I'm, I'm <laughs> sure he would say that. Yeah, yeah, because he does. He, his motor, as we all say in the cliche terms, you know, it, it runs high. But he never lets the ball. You know, he, he's like a Nash; doesn't pick the dribble up and continues to look and look and look for the open shot. What's impressed me the most is that it, at his size, he's six four, but he's able to finish. He gets to the rim. He's not afraid to go into the paint. Um, and I'll throw on another name, which I, I know, you know, he's been limited in usage, but I still think Emmanuel Moutier's strength and the way at times he's combined with the second unit with Clarkson, that will be intriguing too if he actually gets a few touches as well. Um, you know, he's a strong player. Uh, I think he's uh, come a long way since he decided to sign with the Jazz. That's what he came here for was to improve his game and uh, less turnover. So, you know, I think each of these guys we talk about all have hope that they're going to be a major part of what the Jazz are going to do. Uh, and my other question, too, PK, DJ, is the second unit. Does Conley still slide down and lead part of that second unit with Clarkson or Moutier uh, just to give the Jazz a totally different look and tempo uh, as, as Mike was doing at times? So those are all things we'll see tonight, I'm sure, and how Quinn will rotate the players in, in his lineups. From your perspective, when you broadcast remotely, what is missing? Well, what I'm going to miss tonight is just the the, the, the energy of the crowd. Um, you cannot replicate, duplicate, duplicate whatever. I, I like the interaction with the fans. I like to hear their energy. I like to feel it. Um, I think we're going to hear the sounds of the game um, because of the way that the NBA has put this together, but Man, I feed off fans in stadiums and arenas. Uh, you know, and then the, the thing that I'm going to have to adjust to, PK, is 
when Donovan, let's just say, takes off and, and does one of his, you know, number of dunks. You know, there's that moment of layout, as they always like to say. I, I always remember early in my playoff days, producers, you know, yell, layout! You've heard that, DJ. I mean, I hear shut. I hear shut your mouth, but shut it's the same mouth. point. Okay. Yeah, yeah layout. And that's where you get the moment that makes a great moment even better. And that, to me, is the one thing I think we'll miss, we'll miss tonight. I don't know. I don't know how the fill of the sounds of the game will take over some monumental plays. I don't want to overdo it, but yet, you know, I get excited. Who doesn't? And, but, again, you always just step back and let the crowd take it because that's the exciting part of it. You want to hear their emotion. So that's the one thing that I think will be missing the most in these remote games from Orlando. You can't replicate that, PK, even if you pipe in. You know, it's like a laugh track, you know. Sometimes that laugh track works. Other times you go, why did they put it there? Uh. And I think it's kind of the same the same feel. You know, you got to let the emotions of the moment take. And I don't think you can force feed it. I don't think the league's trying to. But again, I'll find out more on on how it's how it's produced uh, during this first scrimmage tonight. Bowler, sometimes when the crowd's really going nuts, the only thing you compare it to when you're playing, and as you get older, you can't do as much of this stuff. But to hit a baseball or a softball, I don't do it very often, and apparently you can do it with a golf ball too. And you, <laughs> you swing through it, and you you almost don't even feel it. No, you no. know, and it's. Uh, if you if you go body surfing, I don't I don't surf on a board. I I probably end up killing somebody, possibly myself. Um, but if you're body surfing, sometimes you're on top of sometimes you're swimming in the wave, but sometimes you're like on top of it, and it just the wave almost throws you forward, and it's a really cool feeling. And that kind of adrenaline rush when the crowd is really going nuts in a big moment is awesome. It is so cool to be calling a game and the crowd takes off like that. And so when you don't have that at all. It's really, it's really foreign. You'll adapt to it. You'll probably be a little frustrated at the end of tonight, but you're going to do, I, I think you got to do at least 15 of these, and then depending on the length of the playoff series, 16, 17, 18. You yeah, know, it'll, yeah. it'll be normal by the end of that. I think it'll be normal to the viewers, but I think the first time watching a scrimmage with no fans, with the announcers on remote, it, it may feel a little bizarre. Yeah, and I think, too, how many, how many remote games have you done? Oh, wow. I don't know. Now, probably... 20, no, more than that, 30 or 40. 30 or 40. Yeah. See, the other part of this, too, is I'm going to be separated, and usually you have that energy connected between your analysts as well because you're sitting shoulder to shoulder, and you can read his mind and he yep. can read yours. And now I'm going to be <laughs> down the row, you know, and waving, yeah. hey. And I think, again, too, that's, <clears throat> you know, you, that, that connection you have. Um, and KK is across the floor, uh, across the arena. And trying to do her thing, so it, it, it look it's Locke's going to have his challenge too. It, look, radio plays off, you know, the crowd and the sounds as well. And uh, you know, Boone, Boone, and he are going to have to figure out that tempo uh, of their own calls. And uh, I think by the end of the night, we'll just look at each other and go, "Wow, what an experience!" Uh, but like you, I think like you make a great point. In five to ten games, it may. It may become the norm. Yeah. I hope it never is, though, DJ. It may over this course of this virus and runs into next year. But, man, you cannot replicate what's live and the emotions of the moment in an arena, stadium, a pitch, whatever, because that's real. 
and uh, it doesn't. You can't duplicate it. You can't replicate that. You can't. So we know during the normal times, you usually do the first round, and then the networks take over. How's that going to be this year? I think it's the same setup, PK. I think we get through the first round, uh, and then if the Jazz uh, get into round two, that's where network uh, exclusivity bounces in. I wish it wasn't the case this year because it would be great. I love you know playoff games have a whole different level uh, of play and energy. But again, you know, what kind of energy will 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 the you know the arenas have? Um, but. From what I understand, yes, uh, because of contracts and the fact that money is generated by those contracts, uh, they're going to take their exclusivity and continue with TNT, ABC, and ESPN. I'm just glad we get the first round, um, which is always what we've done. And I believe the only thing they'll allow, uh, and I may be wrong, uh, is that we always can do a side-by-side with TNT I'm not sure if the ABC exclusivity still holds true in this first round, but we'll find out. Bowler, as always, good to talk to you. Good luck. You will like being home sleeping in your own bed. That's the upside. Yeah, that's the only thing. You get home and you go, what just happened, right? (laughs) But it's going to be an exciting uh, night. I hope fans enjoy it, and I'm excited to see the production value of it, PK, DJ. Uh, You guys, DJ, you've been through it. I haven't. And so this is, uh, you know, like going to kindergarten. (laughs) <laughs> your first day <laughs> 6 o'clock Jazz and Sons from Orlando you can watch it on AT&T Sportsnet listen to it on the Zone Sports Network thanks Bowler thanks guys Utah Jazz General Manager Justin Zanuck is going to join us at 945 stay with us there's something about Kai on him that you felt through the playoffs a lack of trust and whether it was true or just perception it doesn't matter at some level and that that's the number one thing that if I were Jimmy that I would be focused on is making sure both truth and perceptionally that Kyle trusts me and is willing to put the ball in my hands at any time at any place you know in any form and continually that's the thing that this season's really about to me is Kyle and Jimmy and Jimmy earning Kyle's trust and Kyle might say I trust him 100% I, I don't doubt that but the perception is another piece of the puzzle and you want to see that out in the play calling and in key moments DJ and PK that is Steve Young talking about Jimmy Garoppolo Niners quarterback and his relationship with the coach Kyle Shanahan and PK if I've learned to appreciate anything as I've gotten older it's that people who are wired in and Steve Young covers the NFL he lives in the Bay Area he obviously played and starred for the 49ers he doesn't say stuff like that because he's guessing he knows something he talked to somebody possibly he talked to multiple somebodies and you know, they may have their own takes. Maybe that's why he cushions it with uh, whether it's reality or perceptions. They all have their own takes. It's 20% true. It's, it's 50% true. It's 80% true. Everybody's got their own perception. But Steve thinks there's something real there. And he thinks there's something real because he talked to somebody or multiple somebodies. And then when you look at the NFC, especially when you look at the NFC West, you know, in the last decade we saw Seattle play a couple Super Bowls, although they're removed from that a little bit. We've seen the Rams and the Niners there. They're all there. They all have question marks to one degree or another. The Rams got a lot of production out of Todd Gurley, and now, you know, he's gone and he's had injuries, and now he's gone. Uh, So 
I can't say for sure what's going to happen. Arizona's sitting down there with a quarterback who might be the next big thing, or he might be a really good college quarterback who's not cut out for the NFL. You know, that's all to be resolved. We don't have enough body of work with him to even begin to know the answer to that for sure. But, man, the NFC West is really interesting. And Steve Young just gave us one more thing to watch for. Well, Kyler Murray can't be the next big thing because he's only like 5'10". <laughs> okay, not literally, but you know what I mean. Oh, He'll be the Drew Brees, the gutty little underachiever, right? He's not big enough. Who says? Who says? Well, if you grade it on a rookie scale, he showed well. But, you know, they don't grade those scales in terms of wins and losses. That's not how it works. You're graded the way you're graded and resulting in the wins and losses. But if you look at it, well, first year, new coach, blah, 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 that was nice. But, yeah, these are positions that they must secure. It's an absolute – it's like baseball. If you want to win, you must have good pitching. And in basketball, if you want to win, you must have good three-point shooting. It's just a must the way these things are. And you have to look at that for football. You must have solid quarterback play. Is Jimmy G that guy? Well, it looks like he's potentially on the way. I think Russell Wilson is that guy. But I can't even say is Jared Goff that guy. I know he had a good season and got them there. But it's it's not about a season. That's not what you're talking about. It's about, you're talking a, about. it's about having another one now. That that was a great season, but now have another one. Yeah, so I don't know about golf. I don't know about Jimmy G in that division. I know about Wilson. I'm, I'm convinced he's all that. Uh, and, you know, you look at some of these quarterbacks around the league, who's all that? Well, obviously Mahomes is, and we know the others. So... That's an interesting development to see how that goes and where they're going to be able to go from there because you've had some teams occasionally you know, rise up and then they fall back. I mean, Cam Newton is one, right? I mean, he got to the top. It looked like he was going to be all that. Now, maybe it's injury or what have you, but nevertheless, it, there has been a decline. Now he's getting this opportunity for the resurrection. We'll see if he can do that. It'll be a, it's a cool story either way. But you've got to have that, and you've got to have consistency. That's the, di- the difference between – you know, the Greg Oster tags every three weeks and the letter carriers every 82 <laughs> is that consistency. And can you achieve that level? That's why these sports, to me, they're always fun because you've got on the field production that you can watch. But then you've got storylines that are so fun to see how they play out. And to me, it's the intriguing aspect of it. And what Steve Young is talking about in this division, that's one of the intriguing aspects. And there's several, several great storylines. And there are every year in every sport, really, when you think about it. And that's one of the reasons it keeps me coming back. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.